0: Is not necessarily common day vernacular for most of us. And so sometimes I think that in our kind of common language, we assume that the word admonish is to kind of like, oh, well, let's lift someone up, and it has that connotation, or let me encourage someone, and it does have that connotation, but the truth is, is the word admonish almost has an encouraging correction to it, okay? If you want to kind of define it in, in our words, is that it is encouraging someone or kind of lifting them up, but in a way to do what is right, I will be honest with you and say that there is no human way possible for us as Christians to stay on the right path 100% of the time, right? We all understand that. If we could stay on the right path 100% of the time, we wouldn't need Jesus Christ, okay? If we were perfect, we wouldn't need a Savior. If we didn't have sin, we we wouldn't need the blood of Jesus Christ. But because we are imperfect, that means that there comes a point in our lives to where there needs to be some admonishment, some encouraging correction some let's you've stepped out of the box let's get you back into the box you've kind of strayed from the path let's get you back on the path and so colossians chapter number three is where we find the command of admonish one another and it's found in verse number 16. let's begin reading so that we kind of understand the context in verse number 14. Paul is writing and he's giving, he's kind of closing the book with some commands, which I don't know how many of you uh, have a consistent habit of reading the epistles, but a lot of Paul's books close in the same way. They close with, here's a big list of kind of things that you need to think about. And so he's beginning that in chapter number three, and he says in verse number 14, and above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. "...and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful." Which, by the way, verse number 15 is a great verse that you can take and apply to the situation in the world and in your life right now. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. But then he says in verse number 16, "...let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom." teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Would you read verse number 16 out loud together with me? Ready, begin. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let's, uh, let's pray one more time. Let's ask the Lord to bless the lesson, and then we will dive in. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're honored by the opportunity to open your word today. Lord, while we sit here in peace with our Bibles in our laps, there are some today that have gone underground. Lord, there are others that have, um, ha- are facing difficulty and may not even be able to meet in a church setting. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to take full advantage of what we'll see and hear today. And may you use it in our lives so that we can take it, become more like you, and impact those around us. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, Obviously, we've already referenced the Russia-Ukraine situation a couple times already. But as I was studying for this and some of that was coming out, Um, It was interesting to me to see some of the way that the world leaders and that even our own government was responding. But the thing that I think has kind of piqued most people's interest is the way that the president of the Ukraine has responded. I'm not sure how many of you have gotten the opportunity to see some of his speeches and some of the way that he's responding. The truth is, is that there is admonishment in the way that he is talking to his country. He's rallying them around a certain cause. He is, he's trying to unify them. He's trying to get them on the same track and on the same path. And so he is encouragingly correcting them to say, okay, this is what you're thinking. This is what you should be thinking of. This is where you're at. This is where you should be at. And so there's been admonishment. And any time that something is off track, there needs to be an admonishment to bring it back on track. And so in this passage, that as Paul closes the book of Colossians to the church at Colossae and the Christians at Colossae, he's giving a list of things that we can respond to, and he's giving a list that they can put into action, and he's giving them just kind of principles for living life. And one of the things that he takes the time to do is he takes the time to say, you need to admonish one another. You need to not live the Christian life so distant and so far away that no one can help you get back on track. I think that if if you look back at your life, there are probably some times in the history of your Christian life or in the history of your life to where someone has lovingly corrected and encouraged you back onto the right track maybe you've stopped coming or you're falling out of church okay someone reached out and said let's get back on track let's go to church together you can sit with me maybe you've stopped reading your bible and someone says hey you know what let's let's begin to start to read our bibles together maybe you've kind of failed in reaching others and someone says hey why don't you go try to do this outreach with me or maybe you've failed in prayer and someone stands up and preaches it doesn't always have to be one-on-one admonishment it can be from the pulpit someone comes alongside of you and exposes something in your life to where you say you know what I've missed that, and I need to get back on track. And because Paul gives us that as a command, here's what we should be looking at. We should, first of all, be looking internally at the problems and the areas of our life that need to be admonished. One of the best ways to miss admonishment is to never even recognize that there's a problem. Okay? I can't tell you how many times someone comes and maybe sits in my office or they sit in one of our, the other pastor's offices in our, in our, uh, on our church staff and they hear someone say, you know what, maybe there, maybe you need to look at this in your life. Well, that's not what... Most of the time, here's what counseling is. Most of the time, people come to get counsel because they want to hear what they want to hear. Okay, They want to be admonished in what they're already doing, not be admonished in what they're not doing right? That's not always the case, but the best way to receive admonishment is to already say, you know what? I'm, I'm aware that that's a problem. I'm aware that I probably have not met the requirements for that. I'm aware that I'm not where I need to be in that area. And so as we look at this, I want to give you really just three quick thoughts on, it, on the admonishment of, from this verse, from this passage. And the first one is this. I want you to notice the precedent of admonishment, the precedent of admonishment. Verse number 16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Sometimes what we are guilty of doing is this. We wait on someone else to correct that which God could have corrected on his own. And it's simply because we're not listening for his voice. One of the great downfalls of Christianity is that we have learned to follow man more than we have learned to follow Christ. We've learned how to worship at man's feet more than we have learned to worship at God's feet. We assume that because we are following a godly person that that makes us godly. When the truth is, is the only thing that is confirmed and guaranteed to develop your godliness is this book. Meaning this, you can follow only pastors and Christian leaders on social media and not be a godly person. You can make choices in your life based off of what godly people do and still not be a godly person. Unless you are in this book, unless this book, let me not even say unless you are in this book, unless this book is in you, which we'll get to in just a second, you will not know what is wrong in your life. This book is a mirror, okay? It teaches us. It's a measuring stick, as Galatian calls it. It's something that we look at and we say, Wow, not there yet, so I guess I need to work a little bit harder. It's a guide, it's a template. It's something that allows us to see where we're off. And in this passage, right before Paul says, admonish one another, he says, let the word of God dwell in you richly, meaning this. He uses the word dwell. Someone talk to me about what that kind of makes your mind run to. Good, good. <laughs> What's the word dwell make you think of? Stick around, right? What about this? A dwelling place, right? A house, a residence, okay? To stick around, to stay where you're at. Watch this. Many times, the word of God does not hold residence in our heart. It doesn't live there. It doesn't live there because most of the time, we have pushed it out. We haven't made a place for it. Chances are today, when you go home, you're going to open up your refrigerator and get something that is yours, okay, that you picked out, or that you open up. And if you're married, you're like, oh, look what my wife got me. All right. You're going to go and sit in a seat that you chose. You're going to kick your shoes off. You're going to go and change out of, we always say change out of our monkey clothes on Sunday. Not we, I say it, because like there's days where like I just get home and I'm like, I have worn my dress shoes for, it seems like 27 hours straight. And like my toes just feel like they're about to like cramp up. And so I always say, I'm going to go change out of my monkey clothes. What are monkey clothes? I have no clue. All right. But like you're going to go home and you're going to put on shorts and a t-shirt. You're going, to, you're going to relax. You're going to turn on your TV. You are going to be comfortable. You sleep on the same pillow. You sit in the same chair. You sit in the same seat at supper and at lunch. You have your favorite place to watch TV. You have your favorite PJs. You have, your fa- you have all of these things. Why? Because you dwell there. And if the word of God is not comfortable in your heart, it will not have an impact. If it doesn't hold residence in your life. If it is not something that is a part of you, if it, is not, if it is not constant, if it is not simultaneously living the same way that you are living, then it will not change you. He says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Meaning this, give it its place. Give it, give it superiority in your life. Give it priority. Sometimes we go and we seek counsel from others before we seek counsel from God. We go and want to ask others to pray for something and we haven't even talked to God about it ourselves. So seek to make the word of God feel at home in your life. But then secondly, the practice of admonishment, the practice of admonishment. He says this, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We'll get to the last part of that phrase in just a second. But he says teaching and admonishing one another. You say, okay, well, I'm not a teacher, so I guess I'm out on this. This book of Colossians was not written just to teachers and spiritual leaders. This may come as a surprise to you, but it doesn't matter where you're at in your Christian life, you have an opportunity to teach someone else. And the way that you live your life is either an admonishment to do right or to do wrong. As someone who has children who are following me now, the way that I respond to situations is important. The way that I respond to stress is important now. Why? Because I have someone that I am teaching and admonishing. And it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you say, well, I, I, I don't, I'm not even really sure on this whole Christian thing. If you are called by the name of Jesus Christ, if you are one of his children, there is someone looking to you. It may be a coworker, It may be a fellow student. It may be a friend. It may be a family member. Someone is looking to you. And your life is either teaching and admonishing them to become more like Christ or less like Christ. It is either pointing them to the Savior or pointing them away from the Savior. Based off of how you live your life. And then the last thing that I want you to see is this. Is the praise of admonishment. I don't know that I can completely understand the attachment here in this verse. But I'm going to try to explain it to the best of my ability. I've thought and prayed and meditated on it. And here's what I believe that that this is looking at. He says, in teaching and admonishing one another, okay? We all like that because everyone likes to be in charge of someone, all right? Like, even people who aren't in charge of anybody is like, oh, yeah, like, I I need to tell, I need to go admonish someone. Like, do you? Like, you probably need to admonish yourself a little bit, all right? But everybody likes the whole command of like, oh, yeah, I want to go admonish someone. But I want you to look at how he says that it occurs, okay? Teaching and admonishing one another... In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So do I have to sing my admonishment? I don't think that's what he's saying, okay? I don't think he's saying, go write a ballad and tell your friend about what they need to change in their life, okay? Here's what I believe he's saying. I believe what he's saying is that the praise and worship that we lift up to God is benefited in the teaching and admonishment that we receive from the word of God. Here's what I see a lot right now in churches of any stripe and any color, okay? Is I see a lot of church that worship and that songs and that preaching looks a lot like this. That we're just here to do our time. That it doesn't mean anything. That, it, that it's not real. One of the songs that we sing, and I think our choir sings it, or maybe one of the groups sings it or something, is Christ Will Hold Me Fast. This past week I saw a video of an underground church last week in Ukraine singing quietly as a whisper of Christ Will Hold Me Fast. Do you think that that means something to them? Probably a little bit more than it means to us who are looking at how to develop our retirement fund a little bit better. It means something. And admonishment will look like this. We will know that we're back on the right path. That we're where we need to be spiritually. When that worship service comes alive to us. When this book and the way that it is preached and taught comes alive to us. When all of a sudden we need something more from God than we feel like he needs from us. There's some people that we show, we show up to church and we just act like that we've done God like some big favor. Like we stroll in wanting the 12 disciples to pop confetti for us like... And roll out the red carpet and like where's the background so that I can get my picture taken on it and by the way I'm here I need to make some friends I need to what I don't have time to go that route I'm gonna leave it alright the way that we are admonished and when we get brought back to where God wants us to be will begin to be evidenced And how we sing and how we listen to the word of God in the psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs when they start to begin to mold us and break us. And then he says this singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. When was the last time that that described what you felt in in a worship service? Forget a worship service. When was the last time that that described how you felt when Jordan was up here leading the song? You know what most of us do is, oh, I don't like that song. I can't believe Jordan picked that. I can't believe Karras is in here and plays the piano. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And we complain more about the experience than we do lift up the name of the one that we are worshiping. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray and we'll be done. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, Feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.